I'm Nathan Rutherford, and welcome to Myth Madness. So, why am I doing this? Well, I love mythology. In fact, for a long time, it's been an obsession of mine. And I figured that this was the best way of sharing that love and that obsession with anybody who cares to listen. My hope for this podcast is to share with you the myths of various cultures across the globe. I'll retell the stories, but one thing that I really find fascinating about mythology is how there are different versions for the same stories, and I'm going to make a special point of pointing those out along the way. I also aim to provide some historical context, basically a little bit about the people who told the myths and what life was like in their society, and I'm hoping that that will allow you to better understand and appreciate the myths. Because frankly, myth can be pretty damn weird, confusing, and jumbled to everyday people today. And it can be wacky, wacky stuff. This is my first episode, and my first series of episodes will introduce Greek mythology, since I feel that that's the collection of myths that people are most familiar with. Since this is a huge subject, though, at this point, I want to specifically cover the stories dealing with the gods, their origins, their importance, their responsibilities, and especially their antics. Because let's face it, the Greek gods, they get around. It's like one big celestial soap opera. In other series, I'll return to Greece to cover the heroes and other topics, and of course dedicate specific series to other cultures as well. Since this is the first episode where I talk about Greek mythology, I want to first provide a brief introduction to the history of ancient Greece. Our story begins in around 800 BC, at the Archaic period. Prior to that, in the Greek Dark Ages, towns were small, self-governing, and mostly cut off from each other due to Greece's rocky coasts, mountains, and seaways. But in the Archaic period, we began to see Athens, Sparta, Corinth, and other cities begin to bustle with trade. The Greeks settled and built colonies in Italy, Sicily, Asia Minor, and other places too. Some of these colonies were relatively powerful, and were not far-flung backwaters or struggling trading posts. The Greeks interacted with locals and exchanged information and innovations. One of those innovations was when the Greeks adopted the Phoenician alphabet and modified it for their own use. Coins were also introduced to Greece, likely adopted from the eastern kingdom of Lydia in what is now Turkey. Most importantly for us, though, there was a vibrant tradition for the myths. The stories were told mostly orally by poets and bards and recited in temple hymns. Occasionally, though, they were written down, too. This was when the poet Homer composed the Iliad and the Odyssey, and by the end of the Archaic period, we begin to see the origins of Greek philosophy and Athens began to experiment with the world's first democracy. Classical Greece is the period that people most often refer to when they say ancient Greece. During this time, the Persian Empire invaded Greece multiple times, but failed to completely conquer it. In fact, the first Persian invasion is actually used by archaeologists as the dividing line between the Archaic and Classical periods. The Classical period lasted about 200 years, and went from approximately 500 BC to 300 BC. Athens, Sparta, Thebes, and other cities fought wars with each other and formed alliances, but no one was able to bring them all and bind them all together. At the same time, though, there was an explosion of culture during this period. This was the time of Plato, Socrates, and other philosophers. 
magnificent temples and buildings were constructed, the oral telling of myths and stories was still very prevalent. Common people would have been very familiar with the tales, and there were even contests to memorize details from the stories. Think of it like ancient Greek Jeopardy. However, added to this, multiple plays were written, told, and performed too. Many of these told the stories of Greek myth, but importantly for us, they were written down by their authors and survived to us today. After classical Greece came the Hellenistic period. The Greek city-states were finally united when Macedon conquered them all. This was essentially a tag-team effort by Macedon's King Philip and his son, Alexander. Of course, that Alexander the Great later conquered the Persian Empire, stretching the Greek world east from the Mediterranean into Egypt and across the Middle East to India. During this time, the Greek gods were still worshipped, but influences and new religions came from other countries too. In many cases, when the Greek armies entered these lands, they identified their own gods with some of the indigenous ones, believing that they were just worshipped there but under different names. In the West, Greek colonies like Syracuse in Sicily exerted influence on their neighbors. They closely interacted with people in Italy like the Etruscans and later the Romans, as well as Carthage on the coast of North Africa. As you probably know, the Roman Empire would later turn the Mediterranean Sea into its own personal backyard pool. Rome inherited a lot of the Greek culture, especially its myths. The myth I want to share today is one I feel gives a brief yet chronological overview of Greek myth. It's a simple tale, but it provides some references to some of the other major Greek myths, so I feel it would be an excellent starting point on this adventure. The myth is often referred to as the Ages of Man. There are two versions of this myth that we know of today. They come from the poems Works and Days by Hesiod and The Metamorphosis by Ovid. Hesiod and Ovid's long poetic works include many stories from Greek and Roman mythology. I will no doubt reference them again in other episodes, so I want to tell you a little bit about who these guys were. Hesiod was a Greek poet who lived around 700 BC, at the end of the Greek Dark Ages and that was approximately around the same time as Homer, but a little bit afterwards. Hesiod was from the Boeotia region of Greece, which is approximately northwest of Athens. Ovid was a Roman poet who lived during the reign of the first emperor Augustus. Augustus was the son of Julius Caesar. Ovid spent his professional life in Rome, but was later exiled by the emperor to an outpost on the Black Sea. Ovid lived almost a full 700 years after Hesiod, yet even with that length of time, their versions of this myth are remarkably close. In general, Ovid's provides less information, but it does clarify a few details that Hesiod may have left out. So without further ado, the Ages of Man. In Greek myth, it is the thunder god Zeus who is supreme. He rules the universe from his domain in the heavens. However, it was not always this way. Before him, there was another who ruled, his father, Kronos. Hesiod tells us that during the reign of Kronos, the immortal, deathless gods created a race of golden men. Golden here does not mean physically made of gold. Instead, it means noble, glorious, that kind of thing. These people, not really human beings per se, lived like gods. There was no sorrow, work, or grief. They did not age. 
This was essentially a paradise on earth. The people had good times and feasted. There were abundant resources, and the earth is described as being fruitful without force. Ovid says that the people just gathered all the food they needed. Ripe strawberries and blackberries were to be found on bushes. The rivers flowed with milk and nectar. Sap was collected from trees, and it was always spring. This golden age was a simple and peaceful time. There were no laws. Trees were not cut down. The people did not explore other places and did not use weapons and armor and had no need to build fortified towns. But what actually happened to these people? Well, they became kindly spirits. They still exist and live on Earth, but they act as guardians and watch over us humans today. Plato later would describe these spirits as daemons. You can think of them as guardian angels. After Kronos is overthrown and imprisoned, Zeus became ruler of the universe, and the Silver Age began. The people of this age are less noble, and described as not like the Golden Race in body or spirit. Now, that suggests to me that the Golden Race was not thought of as a human. Ovid adds that it was during the Silver Age that people divided the year into four seasons, so no more eternal spring. And people stopped living in caves and began building homes and planting crops. Hesiod's descriptions of the Silver Race are a bit strange. They lived a long time. They took a hundred years to grow into adults. At that point, they didn't live very long, because they were said to be foolish and stupid and often did bad things to each other. The Silver Race's biggest problem was not honoring their creators. They did not perform sacrifices or build altars, and for that reason Zeus eventually became angry and destroyed them. The people became spirits in the underworld. Next, Zeus begins the Bronze Age when he made new people from ash trees. Previously, the people of the Golden and Silver Age did not have actually anything to do with those metals. These ash tree bronze people are different. They wore bronze armor, used bronze tools, and even lived in bronze houses. These people seem to have had the opposite problem of the Silver Race. Unlike the Silvers, they do honor the gods. However, they are strong, cruel, hard-hearted, and have a tendency of fighting wars with each other. Apparently, the war god Ares especially liked them. The bronze people ended up destroying themselves with all the fighting, and they are said to have left the light of the sun and passed to the cold, dank underworld. Next is the Age of Heroes. Hesiod says that Zeus made a new race made up of noble, righteous, godlike heroes. They did many great deeds, but wars and battles between the heroes eventually killed many of them. In this age, the Trojan War occurred, the major mythological story that is the subject of the Iliad, and many other examples of ancient Greek literature. Hesiod also says that heroes died in the land of Cadmus at seven-gated Thebes when they fought for the flocks of Oedipus. That's a bit of a mouthful. But this is a reference to another widely celebrated Greek myth that told how seven champions made war against the city of Thebes. After all these heroes died, Zeus made a special home for them on the Islands of the Blessed, a paradise land located at the edge of the earth. The earth bore fruit for them to eat, like in the Golden Age. Hesiod says that Zeus, probably feeling magnanimous, released his father Kronos from imprisonment and made him rule over them. Interestingly, the later Roman poet Ovid does not mention the Age of Heroes. Presumably, he did not consider it a separate age, possibly thinking of it as only part of the Bronze Age. The current age is the Iron Age. 
In his poem, Hesiod complains that he is a member of this race of iron. He even wishes that he was born in one of the other ages. These are bad times. There are arguments between husbands and wives, fathers and sons, guests and hosts, friends and brothers. Children dishonor their parents and leave them to fend for themselves in old age. People break oaths and evildoers are praised. Ovid adds that this is a time of exploration, national borders, and extracting resources from the bowels of the earth, something he blames many of the world's problems on. Who knew that Ovid was an environmentalist? In this age, evil, lies, and violence replace faith and truth. The situation is dire, and both Hesiod and Ovid's versions of this myth end with goddesses giving up on humanity and leaving the earth. In Hesiod's works and deeds, they are Eidos, a goddess of modesty and humility, and Nemesis, the goddess of retribution. In Ovid's Metamorphosis, we are abandoned by Astraea, a goddess of justice. So yeah, at least according to this myth, our future is grim. One thing I like about this myth is that these two versions we have, by Hesiod and Ovid, come from different ends of the timeline of ancient Greece. Hesiod from the late Archaic period, and Ovid from the Roman period. These two versions of the same myth were written approximately 700 years apart, and yet they are mostly consistent with each other. There's one very obvious difference, though, the presence of the Age of Heroes by Hesiod. This is interesting, as Hesiod identifies the Age of Heroes as the setting of a couple major episodes of Greek myth, so it would, maybe would make sense for Ovid to think the same thing as well. Hesiod explicitly says that some of the heroes died in the Trojan War, and others at Thebes. That means the heroes we know who starred in those myths, Achilles, Odysseus, Oedipus, Cadmus, and others, lived during the Age of Heroes. Presumably the heroes of other myths, people like Perseus, Atalanta, and Jason and the Argonauts, were also imagined living in this age as well. The ancient Greeks believed their myths to be true, and the heroes they were about to have been real historical people. If you lived during these times, it was common to find shrines in major cities like Athens or Sparta or Thebes, or even in an isolated town, where the bones and body parts of heroes were supposedly located. For example, the head of one hero, named Orpheus, was kept at the sanctuary on the island of Lesbos, where people would use it as an oracle to tell their future. In other places, old swords, spears, and armor were also treasured as the belongings of dead heroes. In many other cases, the Greeks claimed that old, ruined forts and buildings were the remains of the palaces of heroes from long ago. Like with temples and sanctuaries that held the supposed remains of heroes, these ruins were also held to be special. In Hesiod's works and days, the description of the age of heroes probably also tied into respect that the ancient Greeks had for their past. You see, when I provided a quick overview of the history of ancient Greece to you earlier, I deliberately left something out. I mentioned that the Greek Dark Ages ended with the Archaic period, and that gradually gave way to the Classical and Hellenistic periods that we normally hear about. I did not tell you about what happened in the Greek world before the Dark Ages. From approximately 1600 to 1100 BC, there was the Mycenaean civilization. Like the later Greeks of the Archaic and Classical periods, the Mycenaean Greek world was also made up of several independent cities. Each of these cities was built around a large palace structure and ruled by a king. The cities were surrounded by massive stone walls made from large boulders, and some examples of these cities are Thebes, 
Pylos, and Tiryns. The most well-known is Mycenae, where archaeologists got the name Mycenaean Greeks. Some of these cities controlled others, and it's possible that they may even have formed a confederation headed by a great king at some point. Mycenae was likely the most powerful of these kingdoms, but there are other candidates as well. The people of the Mycenaean Greek world spoke an earlier form of the Greek language. They did use an entirely different alphabet and writing system, though. This is called Linear B by archaeologists today, and after the collapse of the Mycenaean Greek civilization, knowledge of how to read and write using Linear B was lost during the Greek Dark Ages. There are no written records after that, until the Archaic Greeks adopted the Phoenician alphabet and began writing with the Greek alphabet that is used today. The Mycenaean Greeks traded widely throughout the eastern Mediterranean, and like later Greeks, they built settlements and established colonies on surrounding islands, the coast of what is now Turkey, as well as possibly Cyprus and even Italy. The Mycenaeans created beautiful pottery, metalwork, and fresco artwork, and like Greek people today, they enjoyed Slovakki shish kebabs. I also want to briefly comment on the religion of the Mycenaean Greeks. From the available translated records, we can see that they worshipped many of the same gods as the later classical Greeks, although how important different ones were may have changed. Many of the Greek myths would have had earlier versions told by the Mycenaean Greeks, and it's possible that they celebrated many of the same heroes. The reason why the Mycenaean civilization collapsed remains a mystery. Other civilizations, kingdoms, and cities also met their end at similar times throughout the Near East, so it's likely that this was part of something much wider going on in the Mediterranean. The palaces, forts, bridges, and other buildings the Mycenaeans built were using very sophisticated engineering. The ruins of them remained visibly scattered throughout the landscape, and archaic Greeks like Hesiod would have marveled at them and wondered about their inhabitants. Since their own towns and cities were smaller, to the archaic Greeks, it may have seemed like the best days of their civilization were behind them. Hesiod's description of the Age of Heroes likely comes from this, and also might be why the vibe of the entire Ages of Man myth is so pessimistic. In addition to sharing the myths of different cultures and giving them some historical context, another thing I want to do with this podcast is point out when specific myths in different cultures have similarities. In Hinduism, there is a system of four ages called the Yuga Cycle, which shows interesting parallels with the Greek and Roman myths I've talked about today. Like in the Greek and Roman one, the world in this Hindu story gets progressively worse with time. The first age is called Satya, or Krita Yuga. In this age, humans are ruled by the gods, and this is a time of truth and perfection. The people live for a hundred thousand years, and are basically giants at 33 feet in height. The weather is always nice, the earth is bountiful, and provides all the resources easily and people are happy. There is no fear, sickness, or work, and there is no need for agriculture or mining. Over the course of the following ages, people live for less and less lengths of time and gradually get smaller. In the Trita Yuga, people live for 10,000 years and are 22 feet tall. In the next age, the Dvarpa Yuga, they live for a thousand years and are 11 feet tall. Even though they live for a smaller length of time, the people in these ages still appear young in old age. In the Trita Yuga, we have the first wars, seasons, agriculture, and in the Dvarpa Yuga, diseases become common and people fight each other more often. In the last age, the Kali Yuga is similar to the Greek Iron Age. People become hypocrites, lack discipline, and are physically weaker than in past ages. Humans eat forbidden food and pollute the environment. 
families stop being a thing, and society begins to break down. Eventually, a divine being named Kalki appears, who punishes the wicked, rewards good people, and then restarts the ages again. There are some obvious similarities between the Greek and Roman and Hindu myths about the ages of the world, but also some very crucial differences. In all three, the world gets worse with time. The first age is basically a paradise, and the people in it don't seem particularly human. While Hesiod's version does not mention anything about mining, the Roman and Hindu versions do. The Roman and Hindu versions point out the changing seasons, and all three show the rise of war and fighting between different people during the Middle Two Ages. The Greek and Roman myths feature Zeus destroying and recreating multiple races of people. The Hindu myth doesn't have this. The Greek and Roman myths also have different endings. In them, some goddesses abandon the world and humans are left without hope. In the Hindu myth, a god... Vishnu, in the form of Kalki, appears as a savior figure. The Hindu version has a better renewed world come after the Iron Age. This may be present in the Hesiod version too. Hesiod says, Would that I were not among the men of the fifth generation, but either had died before or been born afterwards. That being born afterwards part is interesting. It implies that Hesiod thought that maybe something better would come after the Iron Age. The similarities provoke some interesting questions, though. Is there a reason for them, or are they just coincidences? It's a possibility that elements of these myths may have moved from one culture to another. During the time of Alexander the Great, the Greeks did eventually reach the edges of India. The similarities between the Hindu and Roman myths could potentially have originated at that point. It's a guess, at least. There is also a theory that the origins of these myths are actually much older and that each of these groups were influenced by older stories and were simply telling their own versions with their own additions, kind of like how the Mycenaean Greeks influenced the classical Greeks, who then in turn influenced the Romans. But this, of course, would have then occurred on a much larger scale and affected Romans, Indians, and Greeks. It's also possible that these different cultures, Greek, Roman, Hindu, arrived at this idea about dividing the world into ages simply because it seemed like a good idea to all of them independently. In fact, other cultures do do this. Take, for example, the Aztecs and Maya people of Mexico. They divided the universe into multiple ages too. However, the vibe there is very different. Each of those ages is basically an improvement of the one that came before. It's interesting stuff, and in the future, I'd like to talk about why one explanation might be better than the other, but of course, this will vary myth to myth and depend on what evidence might be available. Leaving that for now, let's get back to the Greek myth and why I chose it for the first episode of the pod. I think hearing the Greek Ages of Man story gives you a nice sneak peek into some of the other myths. If you were going to try and put all the Greek myths into some kind of order, you could use the Ages of Man to help make a basic timeline. The myths about the world's creation, the birth of the first generations of gods, and how Zeus became their king could fit within the Golden Age. Myths about how Zeus and the other gods organized the world and their relationships with each other might loosely go in the Silver Age. Other myths that involve the gods physically interacting with humans and affecting events would naturally occur within the Bronze, Hero, and potentially Iron Ages. This is how I intend on structuring the pod's episodes focusing on Greek myths. In the next few episodes, I'll talk about how the Greeks thought the world was created and how Zeus took over from Kronos. 
After that, I'll dedicate episodes to talk about each of the Greek gods in turn, giving you the main myths of each and some historical details about their cults and how they were worshipped, and how that may have changed over time. This will conclude our first series on Greek myths. In the following series, I will enter the Bronze Age and the Age of Heroes and talk about the heroes of Greek mythology. And that's all for today. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast, please get the word out and tell your friends. See you next time.